0: So I want to talk to you this morning about Christmas, and about the meaning of Christmas and the celebration of Christ's birth, which is what Christmas is all about. You know, it seems like we live in a culture in America now where um, anything that is Christian has become very combative, and certainly um, the idea of Christmas has become very combative. Wouldn't you agree? My my son, Samuel, was going to public school all the way up to the third grade. And, and we got to the third grade, and, and they had so removed Christmas out of the, you know, Christmas, huh, that uh, when he would go for the day of celebrating Christ's birth, Christmas, what would happen is they would celebrate Hinduism and uh Uh, the Muslim faith, the Islam, and, and so there became this mixture that was so confusing to him because we had taught him the meaning of Christmas and what it was all about. Because Christmas is actually two words. It is the Greek, which is Christ, which means the anointed one, and it's mas, which is Latin, which means the celebration of Christ. So, so, so the very essence of the word tells us what the meaning is and what we're supposed to be doing and the reason that we're having the celebration altogether. So when somebody says to me, Happy Holiday, I say, Merry Christmas. Or when somebody says, Season's Greetings, I say, Merry Christmas. Let's not get confused because Happy Holidays could be anything. It could be Halloween. It could be any holiday. But no, this holiday is the holiday where we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and we will continue to make his name great in the nations by saying that. Amen? Amen. Just a little frustrated. (laughs) But the truth is is that when Christ came into the earth as a baby, Something supernatural happened at that time. And so this morning, what I want to talk to you about is two truths that happened on that day. So turning your Bibles to Matthew 1:18. I love the story of Christmas. Really, uh, what I believe is so special about Christmas and the story of the birth of Jesus is it really allows us to bring our children into the story of Christ all together. It really is the place of the introduction of Christ because we can talk to them about what it's all really about. And they can really understand things about a baby. They can understand it as we begin to tell them this story. And I encourage you this Christmas to really sit down with your children and sit down with your family and talk about the truth of what happened on that day. So Matthew 1.18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows, after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being just a, a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins." So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name, Emmanuel, which translates, God with us. The name Jesus means God is salvation. So he came as a baby. God came down. And there are two truths about this reality. And the first truth is the virgin birth. Is it something on that day happened, the impossible happened when there was a breaking in. That the seed of God came again, the breath of God came into the earth and there was a breaking forth in that moment. Because Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit, which means Jesus is God. So there's a reason why there's such an attack on this reality. There's a reason that there's such an attack on the virgin birth because to say that Jesus is God is so offensive to the Antichrist spirit. But the truth is it was an immaculate conception. God took the egg of a woman and the seed of himself to create his son, who was part man and part God. He was fully man and fully God. He had a sinless nature. He was not a messenger from God, but he was from God to bring a message to man. And the message that he gave to us is, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, which means there is only, begotten means only one of that kind, that whoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This is the message that he came to bring, that God so loved you and me. So, turn in your Bibles to Isaiah seven, ten. Because what was prophesied, I believe, has such uh, importance for today. Isaiah seven, ten. Emmanuel, God with us. Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or even in the height above. And so Ahaz is the king of Judah. Okay, this is a, it's, it's an unrighteous king. So he's at war right now with Syria, and Syria's approaching them. And so the prophet comes to him and says this to him. He says, ask for a sign. You can ask for anything you want. Ask for a sign from the Lord. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord, which that word means tempt. Then he said, hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men But will you weary my God also? See, Ahaz, by saying this about not tempting God, you would think that that would be a good thing. But actually, Ahaz had already made a deal with the Syrian king to sell his people to the Syrian king. Unrighteous king. But in fact, listen to what he says. Listen to what the Lord says to him. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So he says to to Ahaz at that time, he says, listen, you've got all of this thinking in your mind about how you are going to live your life. But I'm about to send a, a, my son through a virgin, and this son is now going to save you. His name is going to be God with us. And so he's telling Ahaz, who, by the way, was in the line of Jesus. So Jesus came through him. He's saying, listen, because you are called as one of my people, I'm actually going to save you so that my son can be born through you. Because you are of the house of David, Jesus, from the house of David, right? The son of David. So Isaiah gives this prophecy. And it's interesting that during that time, God is proving himself to be righteous, even then. He is a righteous judge. So when he sent someone, he didn't just say, hey, I'm going to send someone to redeem you. I'm going to send a prophet to redeem you. No, he came as himself. He said, I'm coming myself as God with man again to redeem you back to myself. Isn't that amazing? That God himself would come through a virgin to pay the price for our sins. So we have been ransomed. We have been ransomed back by God on that day when Jesus was born. Here's the second truth. Jesus came in the flesh. So there is also a war. So there's a war raging about Jesus as God. But there's another war raging as Jesus in the flesh and Jesus as man. You know, 2,000 years ago, Jesus asked his disciples, he said to them, who do people say that I am? And he asked it this way, which I find very interesting. Who do men say that I am? The son of man. Who do do men say the son of man is? Who do they say the son of man is? He's talking about himself in his humanity. And so the disciples are pontificating about it, and they bring up several suggestions. Well, they say that you are Elijah. Well, they say that you are a prophet. And then, of course, Peter breaks in with the revelation from the father and says, you are Christ, son of the living God. But isn't that interesting that because I've had this discussion and you're going to have this discussion with many people in your family because they want to say that Jesus was not the son of God, but that he's a prophet. I've had this conversation. How many of you have had that conversation? Or he was a good man. He was a good man and, and he was a prophet and he was a wise man. And so they want to give him all other kinds of um, realities other than the reality that he was the son of God and the son of man. In John 1.1, 1, 1, the word says that Jesus became human. He left his place in heaven to come to the earth to redeem man back to God. In 1 John 4, 2 through 3, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. So when we see that whole idea and truth of Christmas being removed, it is because the spirit of the Antichrist does not want us to remember and celebrate that Jesus Christ was fully man and fully God. 2 John 1-7 says this, for deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an Antichrist. You see, we must believe these two truths, that he was fully God and fully man. And this is, this is important for this reason, because if, if, God, if Jesus came and he was not fully man, then how could he die? How could he die? And if he didn't die, then our sins are not atoned. He had to die to pay for our sins. He was the perfect sacrifice. God set it up all throughout time that the sacrifice atones, the blood of the sacrifice atones for our sins. And he himself came as the perfect sacrifice. Jesus was perfect. Hebrews 2, 14, because God's children are human beings. I'm reading this out of the Bible. new living translation because god's children are human beings made of flesh and blood the son also became flesh and blood for only as a human being could he die and only by dying could he break the power of the devil yes. who had the power of yes. death jesus he broke the power of death you see every one of us is going to die So Jesus came and he broke the power of death. He took the keys, as Jeremy was talking about earlier. He took the keys to death so that now when we die, we get to live with him forever in eternity. And this is the truth of the gospel. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about what happened on that day. Jesus was living with his Father in heaven. There was no pain and no suffering. There was no sorrow. There was no hurt. There was nothing but perfection of love and joy. The beautiful radiance of his Father being so close to his father. He was in his father from the beginning of time. And what happened is he chose to come down to get us. He chose to leave his place. He chose to leave the place of heaven to come to the earth as a child. Here he was, king of the universe. Holding the universe in his hand with the very spoken word, Jesus is the word of God. He was the one that was in the beginning and was forever, ever, was. And will always be. And he said, let me go. Let me go get them. I want to bring them home, dad. I want to bring them home back into our heart. So that we once again can be we can, be, we can be together as one with them. We can ransom them out of sin, out of prison, and into freedom, into life, and back to ourselves. So he left that place, and what did he do? Did he choose to be born in a palace with the finest robes, the most comfortable condition? He wasn't even born in a house. He wasn't even born in a bed. He chose to be born in a manger. Because he came not as a king, but as a servant. Because he said, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to come as humble and meek and lowly and I'm going to prove my love to you. I'm going to show you how much I love you because I'm, I'm going to come like one of you. And I'm going to show you again how to live the perfect life in me. And I loved how on that day, the angels came and began to pronounce with great glory, He has come. The Christ has now come. He has been born. And so they're there. They're, they're visiting the shepherds. The shepherds are going. The wise men have already come. And so everybody is there. And they go to a manger. The lowliest place. I mean, come on. Let's, let's agree that a manger is pretty filthy. You've got cow and ox dung and, you know, an uncomfortable situation. And all Mary had was the swaddling clothes. You know, she swaddles him in this blanket that, that you know, I mean, not the, not the most prestigious place to be born, we can all agree. So at that time when he came, it was his great pleasure to bring us back to himself. consider all that Christ gave up so he could come and be with us and we could be with him. That is really the true gift and the message of Christmas. God so loved the world that he came as a baby. This beautiful truth is why there's such a war going on. Why people like a duck commander would be so persecuted. Why my kid can no longer, my children can no longer celebrate Christmas. why people in department stores can no longer say Merry Christmas. Because of this beautiful truth. Isaiah 9.6 says this. For unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. See, he was talking about Jesus as flesh and Jesus as God. So this morning what I want to do is I want to bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're a believer, I want you to remember these two truths. That God came in the flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is God, and Jesus Christ is man forever. Forever, Jesus will be a man because of the price that he paid to get us. Forever, he will be clothed with flesh.